Today, I'm excited to chat with a remarkable entrepreneur and innovator in digital marketing. Kevin Polly is the man behind ARP Reach, a powerful email marketing tool. ARP Reach has been pivotal for many leading names in internet marketing, offering advanced functionality that rivals even some of the highest level subscription-based autoresponder services. Kevin is also the visionary behind V2 Movement. We'll find out more about that, but this really underlines his commitment to providing top-notch digital solutions. He's also the founder of Mutual Advantage, a marketing firm which showcases his expertise in various aspects of online business and digital marketing. So let's delve into Kevin's journey and discover the innovative approaches and strategies that he has employed to stay at the forefront of the digital marketing world. Kevin, welcome. Well. Hello, whatever time it is, wherever you are, thanks for listening. Well, it's good to have you with us, Kevin. Now, I guess we should start with asking if you can just share a little bit about your background and what initially inspired you to venture into this crazy world of digital marketing and online business. I think the best uh, answer for that is I needed to make money because I'm totally unemployable. Um, I started off in 1999 on this online journey um and that was when the internet was in its infancy and i bought my first domain name and at that time we didn't have wordpress or anything so i went and took the time to learn how to write html and i put this page up and i suddenly realized that well how do people find this page that i've created there's more to this story. So I've got a page that was trying to um, sell, I think it was gardening services at the time. Um, And I just realized no one's gonna find me. And that led me into um, the rest of the journey, which has involved becoming an SEO expert, um, using schema.org, creating uh, the UK module for one of the original open source shopping carts, creating a hosting company, getting involved in data transit. Literally from 1999 to now, it's been one roller coaster of a ride. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. I can imagine. So it all started with your green fingers, is that right? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Got a lot to answer for those green fingers. So, um, when was this? So, what were you doing prior to that? Did you have a job? I know. I know you said you're unemployable, but before that, what were you doing before that? I'm also a coded welder. Um, so, from an early age, I never used to like getting up in the morning for school. And it became problematic when employers wanted me to turn up at a set time in the morning. And at the age of sort of 17, 18, I I never drank, never, ever drank when I was younger than that. But with the hangover at eight o'clock in the morning, it wasn't good. Um, And I suppose my story could go back to when I was 11. And I realized that mum and dad weren't giving me enough pocket money. And my uncle turned around to me and he said, well, why don't you start a little part time job? And that was the gardening. And if you're that young, there's not many um, of the older generation that don't need a helping hand. And I tried to be polite. I tried to do a good job and they paid me. And then I got a job in an off license. And from there, 
the owner of that off license, he taught me about working to lists and planning what I was going to do, um, making sure the customer was happy. So I always had that entrepreneurial streak and it was always based on if I need something or I want something, I have to be responsible for making my way in the world. Uh, you know, what was the point of being paid a pound an hour if I was working for someone back then when I could get five pounds an hour by working for sort of the older people helping them and they were happy to pay me for that. Then I became a DJ when I was 16. Um, and as a DJ, it sort of brought together all of my passions at the time and the money that sort of a DJ on the circuit was working, you know, as an hourly rate was phenomenal. And it kind of just made me realize again that having that freedom and the flexibility to manage your own life, manage your own time, set your own value, um, it, it would be the de definition, the defining moment for me. And since then, you know, all of the skills that I've learned, the different businesses that I've start up, started up, not just internet, um, publishing businesses, printing businesses, it was that I've got to start something up to make a little bit more money or give myself a little bit more time so that I can spend more time playing music or spend more time on holiday or, or something like that. So what came first in terms of your online endeavours? The first major um, thing in my online endeavours was the um, UK module for Zencart. Back then, you know, sort of the internet was a new thing. People were being told, if you're not on the internet, your business will suffer. And in the 1990s, we had you know, sort of a nine, six ball modem. There was none of this face to face and video web pages were words. You couldn't even get pictures on them back then. So there's been this whole technology. And when you wanted to have a web page, you then needed to find a way to sell it. And that was Zencart back then, which was an open source shopping cart. And the problem was that the developers were all American. So if I wanted to sell a batch of leaflets or something like that, the states in the drop down for the order form were all American and there was no UK module. And I realized that actually there's a bit of an opportunity here. So I went in and I sort of contacted the post office, got their first list of counties, and then um, Royal Mail, their list of drop zones. And I hacked, quite literally, I, I'm, I wasn't a coder then, I'm not a brilliant coder now, I'm a hacker. And that doesn't mean that I'm like anonymous and I'm gonna be getting into your bank account. It just means that I take a little bit of code that's here and a little bit of code that's there, find a little bit of knowledge and make something work to do what I needed it to do. So my first step was the UK um, shopping cart for Zencart and that allowed a couple of thousand people back then to set up their shops and distribute their products around the UK. 
it was one of those um, systems that just took the internet by storm as well, because it allowed people finally to make sales online. Then after that, you moved more into software development yourself. Is that correct? From then, I used the software development skills that I picked up, hacking PHP, MySQL together to make a module for um, Zencart. I then realized that the the next problem in my journey was going to be how do you get found in the search engines? You've now got a website, you've got your shopping cart platform, you've got a way of distributing the goods, but who and how are people going to find the product you're serving or selling in this big online web? So I got into SEO at that point. And what was that like? Because this is kind of early days of the internet, I guess. Yeah, that that was really interesting. So I think sort of the first nugget that I could give people that are listening to this is don't wait for the tidal wave of something to pass you by. Position yourself on the crest of the wave and surf that wave as far as you can don't go over the top so you get swamped with it but surf it and what happened was i was looking for um rather than how do i get found in search engines because there were a few people talking about it i asked a different question how do search engines work Because my logic was, if I can work out how a search engine works or something works, then I can either be a smarter worker and work with the underlying code and position myself higher, or um, find other shortcuts that get me better results. And back then, um, the answer came from sort of looking on page let's say 78 of the results of whatever search engine it was back then google was in its infancy and i ended up um coming across something called good relations and good relations was an ontology and if you've never heard of an ontology and you never hear it again you don't need to worry about it it's just lots and lots of words and phrases that are put together and it's the sort of things that academics and professors use and i found this information um, in uh, the university of munich's website and there was a guy called professor martin uh, hep and he'd created this good relations ontology and basically what it was was special code that was written in something called rdf that you put on a web page that told the search engines of the day exactly what it was because back then all these words and pictures are just words and pictures it's one mass of everything and this was the beginnings of what i've since learned was machine learning which has become artificial intelligence and i learned that these computers needed to understand what a word meant so that if you had cup it was a receptacle and it might have a handle and then it would have a size and it could have a value and this 
um, ontology, good relations, was that effective at getting websites onto the first page of Google that when Google and the other search engines created schema.org, which everybody, you know, six years after I was playing with it, um, using SEO, they wrapped up everything I'd learned about good relations and incorporated it into schema.org so that now when you look online and you ask for, um, I want a new headphones or I want a new mic, and it's got all of the spec and the price, and you see it in the search engines, that is schema.org. And I was playing with that five or six years beforehand. And has that led into your other entrepreneurial kind of um, developments, if you like? Because I know you said, so SEO, driving traffic, and we mentioned the introduction about ARP Reach, which is email software, email marketing software. Am I right in thinking that you acquired ARP Reach? And, and how did that come about? So that that was really, really interesting. Um, I'll answer the question, yes, I acquired ARP Reach. Now, if I go back to the year 2000, when I was playing with my first website and um, everything else that I've just gone on about, I'd learned about email marketing. And I knew that once you'd got somebody on a search engine or your site on a search engine and somebody had found you there were three choices that that person had that was they could bookmark you they could go away or they could buy so that meant that after all the time and effort i'd got a 33 percent chance of getting the desired result there had to be something better and I can't remember how it came about, but email marketing was in its infancy. And I realized that, oh, I could pay monthly for this service and I'll be able to put a form on my website, on my you know shopping cart. And people that now find me because of the work that I'm doing with good relations, they'll be able to sign up for my newsletter list. And then I'll be able to email them once a week, once a month, once a day, whatever it is. And that will save me money on advertising. But here's the problem. If I'd have been paying $20 a month from the year 2000 to now, that would have been a lot of money. And that's the basic cost. So again, I used the search engines and uh, somehow I found ARP or what it was called originally was Auto Response Plus. And it was software that you bought once, installed on your own server, on your own hosting, and there were no additional costs other than once a year, you paid a small fee to get your updates. And that worked out in my mind to be the best solution because when I was starting up, I didn't know whether I was going to be making money every month to cover the bills. So to buy something outright, have the ability to use it forever, just made common sense. And that's where I started um, my journey into email marketing. Uh, I bought Auto Response Plus 
Neil Morgan, the developer, um, took that to ARP3. Um, that was using CGI um, and CGI, I think it was CGI and Perl, which is old technology. Then it became ARP Reach, um, which was using PHP and MySQL, which was faster and more current, gave him a lot more um, scope in which to develop it. And it worked fine for years. And then he kind of stopped developing it. And I needed to have some customizations done to work with the shopping cart that I'd done for my business. And I wanted it to do more things. And I wanted it to have segments and all of these things that we know and love. And it just wasn't being developed. So I reached out to Neil because... You know, one of the big things in this business is if you're serious, you start talking to people, you build up relationships with them. You can never underestimate the value of having a good relationship with someone. And if they are a software developer and they're responsive and you're, you know, giving them feedback when they're trying new things, I became a beta tester for him. When I said, is this going to go anywhere? If not, can I buy it? He went, hmm, do you really want to buy it? I said, well, I've built my business around this software. If you're not going to develop it, I've either got to go and start paying monthly, which is going to be ridiculous with the size of my list, or I take it on um, and try and develop it for my benefit and other people come along. And that's the story of how in 2015 I acquired ARP Reach. And I guess, as you say, I mean, it saved you a huge amount of money in terms of you'd have been spending, you know, possibly hundreds of dollars every month since the year 2000 to grow your list and, and increase your business. I guess taking that principle and applying it to, well, if I acquire this software I can then not only not have to pay for it anymore but also develop it in the way that I need so ARP reach has revolutionized the business in so many ways what's next for ARP reach now that you own it so ARP reach has evolved uh, into v2 movement so uh, it got to a point where the business model that ARP Reach had for so many years that meant that the original developer couldn't keep affording to develop it. So the, the business model of pay once works great for you as a user, but for me as a developer, I'm not getting that regular monthly income. Um, so the ARP Reach software, while it's still available at arpreach.com, um, there had to come a point where to fund the ongoing development and make it possible for me to introduce AI into self-hosted software, which is something I've been working on, um, I had to think carefully about what I was doing and it upset some people that you know they lost their um, sort of we've paid for it once why aren't you developing it for PHP 7 and PHP 8 and things like that and the reality is that it's on like that so 
ARP Reach has become V2 Movement, and you can find that at v2movement.com. Um, and I think the interesting thing uh, about sort of V2 Movement is it's still a pay once you own the software and you pay an annual fee for annual updates and support and things like that because the cost of it is slightly higher than arp reach i mean arp reach varies between 295 and 395 us v2 movement is you know sort of the, the headline price is uh, 987 i believe but Obviously, I have monthly discounts that come off and things like that. But you get that installed by my team. And then you're also going to get more time with me um, to talk to you about deliverability. One of the big problems that so many people expect when they buy self-hosted software is they can import in a massive list of emails press send and the money will roll in after the emails have been delivered and that is not the case you do need to go through a warming up process you do need to have the technical things done but once you've got the technical things done once you've got your v2 software or arp reach installed and you follow best practice it is in my opinion, it's the best software out there. You know, I, I still am learning about some monthly autoresponders, but my software does everything I want. It allows me to segment. It allows me to group. It allows me to have autoresponders, unlimited autoresponders. It allows me to send unlimited broadcasts. But the biggest, biggest, biggest benefit for anyone that is using ARP Reach or V2 Movement is I can choose which company, which ESP, smtp.com, Amazon, a host of others, you know, there's 30 other companies that I can use to send my emails out. So if one company is having a problem delivering emails, I'll soon see in the open rate. If I am expecting a 30% open rate and for that broadcast it goes down to 10%, I know that smtp.com might have had a problem or Mailgun might have had a problem. But because the software that I've got, V2 allows me to have an unlimited number of outbound mails being sent by different companies so all i do on the resend is choose a different esp to send the emails out open rate goes up engagement goes up money comes in and i think that's the biggest benefit of self-hosted um after the you know cost savings the benefit for most people is having that flexibility to choose who sends your email and not be tied at the hip forever to an autoresponder that you're paying for monthly. I think that's a big thing, isn't it, Kevin, that most people will maybe gravitate towards Aweber, ActiveCampaign, those kinds of companies. The The downside of that, as you've pointed out, is that if you have your email uh, list with those people, when you go to ClickSend, it will be sent from their servers. And if yeah. they are having deliverability issues, which can happen, happens perhaps more than we, than we realize, then, you know, 
you are locked in with those guys. The difference with the V2 movement and ARP Reach, as I understand it, is you can have your list in your own version of ARP Reach or V2 movement, but then you can connect it to different email delivery partners, so ESPs, email service providers. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, because uh, <laughs> that was that was me winging it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so once you do that, it gives you the ultimate flexibility. But also, as you say, it allows you as a business owner to manage the cost of your business because as you grow your business, you've already paid for the for the software. It's not like with one of these other companies, uh, Mailchimp or um, uh, GetResponse, those kind of people who will charge you. Every time you add another email address to your list and you get to the next tier, they will charge you an additional fee to be sending those emails. So yeah, many, many benefits from for, for V2 Movement. How can we find out more about ARP Reach and V2 Movement? I think the easiest way for you to find out about ARP Reach is to go to arpreach.com and to find out about V2 Movement, which is the one that I recommend that you use if you're using PHP 8.1 or above, go to v2movement.com. That's all one string. Uh, and the information's there, the price is there. Um, any offers, you'll see them at the top of the screen. Great, great. You also mentioned a little earlier just about AI and how you're implementing that into your business now, particularly into V2 movement. Why is that important? I think the simplest answer for that one is if you're not seriously looking at using AI, you're going to be losing out as the years come on. I've already mentioned one pivotal moment when the internet started for me back in 1999 and I jumped on that bandwagon. AI is the next big thing. Um, it's going to help business owners and people that are starting up save time. It's going to improve in efficiencies and it's going to help people make money quicker. But I've got to say that I do have some serious concerns about how people are using AI and the misconception that people seem to have that AI is going to be the answer for everything. Um, in my humble opinion, um, I wouldn't recommend that anybody just allows AI to run their business. You've got to have some hard stops in there um, and run routines. Full automation is never really good for any business. Ultimately, if something breaks at 100 mile an hour, it shatters everything. Whereas if it breaks at 20 miles an hour, you've got time to slow down if we're talking a car or an emailing service or a business. Look at what went wrong, fix it, maybe go back a little bit and then start up again. So um, AI, it's really interesting stuff, you know, for, for such a little amount of code to have so much knowledge and to be able to work out clever answers to problems. I mean, who would have thought back in 1999 that I would be able to literally ask my phone without typing anything in, 
how do I improve this code and make it work? And the answer comes back as here is a solution for your problem in PHP. And then if you was to ask it, can you improve on that for it to go? I'm sorry. Here is an improved version of the code that you've just created. Would you like me to do anything else? It's the it's in the realms of science fiction, but it's science fact and reality now. And I've just got to say again, get involved in AI, learn about AI, learn about the prompts that are going to make life easy for you. But don't let AI run your business from one to a hundred. Break that whole process that you've got down into smaller chunks. Let it run the first 20%, 10%. It doesn't matter. Know what you are expecting as a result and look at that result and make sure it is within the parameters of what you're expecting. If it is, then move on to the next step. 25%. Are the results still with what you expected? And then do the next step. Now, depending on how brave you are, if you know it's worked once perfectly, twice perfectly, three times perfectly, and you're a high risk person and you want to join the first part and the second part and make something that will run to 40%, that's your choice. But there must, in my opinion, always be hard breaks where a human looks at the results you're given and makes a common sense decision, is this right? Is this what we expect? Because I know for a fact um, from, you know, sort of the research that I was doing back with good relations, there is a garbage in, garbage out factor with AI and machine learning. So machine learning is the bit before you get to AI. The machine has to learn from basic input before it can give you an artificial answer to the question that you ask so if let's say there was a time five ten years ago when there were 40 or 50,000 SEOs that were creating web pages that ranked high in the search engines full of garbage material and your current AI is scraping the search engines to get answers for solutions to questions that you ask where the answers might not be 100% correct, mm -hmm. the solutions that you're going to get might not be 100% correct. So the best thing, you know, if you've got the budget, it's cheap enough now that you can get the source code for your own AI module, train it on the material for your business. That's my recommendation. The companies that are doing it for you, they'll recommend you use their training data. How good is their training data? That's a question you have to ask. And don't ignore the solutions that you get. If they say, oh, it's 90% accurate, ask yourself, is that 10% a risk to your business moving forward? Mm -hmm. And I, as I say to my daughters, you know, sort of, if I was performing brain surgery on you, would you be happy? And they said, no. I said, if it was a brain surgeon performing brain surgery on you, would you be happy? They said, well, of course. I said, so where is that element of risk? Is a 10% variance in your bottom line 
acceptable to your business model or not. If it isn't, then train the AI yourself on your business data. If you've got no business data and you're starting up, then you've got to use this data. But bearing in mind that your first party data, when you get sales, when you get subscribers to your list, when you get interest, that is unique to your business. Treasure that, treat that with kid gloves and build on that and keep it separate from anomalous data uh, that got you started and I see that in email marketing with the results that I, I get out of ARP reach my data I, I'll regularly get 40 50 percent 60 percent open rates engagement rates of 30 40 50 percent I'm happy with that yeah. apparently I shouldn't be getting those kind of open rates in my markets that I work in. They should be 20 and 30% with 10 to 15% engagement. It's about nurturing the business and the relationships that you've got, and that will make the difference for you. Excellent. And and you've written a book all about this. I did. Yeah, I did. Tell it, us about that. So um, one of the big things, once you've got a little business, is writing a sales letter. Um how, how do you sell something? Well, you go off and you pay a copyright, um, five, ten grand and whatever for your product. And I thought, do you know what? AI should be able to help with this. And um, I, I looked at it and I used the skills that I got to create some interesting prompts because AI doesn't have um, the it, it can create copy but it's not personalized, it's not personal, it doesn't have personality, it's very dry and dry, and it uses terms and phrases that when you've used, you know, sort of AI enough, you look at it and you go, I can tell that that was written by AI. <laughs> yeah. And I was really lucky over the years, I've met some wonderful people in all aspects of the business, and one of the copywriters um, that I met um, online, a guy called Tony Shepard, he wrote the copywriting formula. Really simple formula where, um, you know, you have a, a subject, like a headline that follows a formula. Um, you have a process where you identify the problem, you look at the features, the benefits, and then you construct using Tony's uh, formula, a sales letter that gets results and, and there's lots of different formulas out there for copywriting so i reached out to tony after i've been playing with um chat gpt and i basically used the skills that i've got to create a template that i could insert into chat gpt which then when i got chat gpt to analyze my digital product would then produce this really useful sales letter that has got results. I mean, you know, sort of to give you an idea how useful it is, um, the sales letter that I created for the guide, I think it's, I've called it the ultimate um, guide to um, copywriting using AI. And you, there's a sub uh, line there. I can't remember off the top of my head because I just call it the AI copywriting guide, <laughs> but 
it allows anybody who's got a product to create a sales letter that gets results in round about an hour, less the fiddling. Okay, the fiddling is where, okay, well, I need to move this here. I need to space this out. I need to put the subject line in. I need to make this bold. I need to create an offer and put all that in. It works really well. Um, I used my guide to create my sales letter for the guide, <laughs> and it converts at 23%. Wow. And then yeah. people that have bought it, they're telling me it's converting at 30%, 32%, 18%. We're so happy. It's the best thing. And what's more, the bonuses that you put in, it actually sounds like me that's sort of writing it. <laughs> wow, okay. So, you know, I've used AI. Um, it's not a whole automated process, although you could do it. Mm -hmm. It follows on from what I've said that do one bit, do the second bit, do the third bit pull them together, add some manual touches, and you'll get a great um, sales letter from that. And if people are interested, if I can, you can find that at kevinpolly.com. And I'll spell that, K-E-V-I-N-P-O-L-L-E-Y.com. And then forward slash AI copywriting and that's a special link that will go through um, and take you to the uh, actual sales page for that which is really long and we're not going to worry about that <laughs> oh amazing no thank you Kevin that's great and I really appreciate your time today uh, we mentioned before the web addresses that people should go to to find out more about your products and also about you can you just remind us again of where we should head yeah. So if you want your own self-hosted autoresponder software, um, the cheap but effective, very effective original version is arpreach.com. A-R-P-R-E-A-C-H.com. Just go there. You'll find everything you need to know in a buy button there. If you want the current version which um i'm going to be developing over you know the next four five six years um and it's got some very special things that you can find on the website that arp reach doesn't have and i think the most important of those is uh, a feedback loop um system so if you send emails out via you know, send grid or an ESP, as we said before, and they bounce, this system will automatically remove the bounces for you and things like that. You can find that software. I call it V2. The uh, website is v2movement.com. And the reason it's called v2movement.com is I'd like people to rethink about how they do email marketing moving forward and get them to save money, right? Why pay monthly for something when some of the changes that are coming in, you're going to have distinct advantages having control of your own software. Um, what I will say is, if you're listening to this, I've also created a discount voucher um, for £150 if you're interested in V2. And on the buy button, when you go through, there's a coupon code. If you type in... I M N V two, you'll get one hundred and fifty dollars off wow. whatever okay. the cost is. So if I've got a discount, use that 
coupon code IMNV2, you'll get another $150 off. And if I can, the AI copywriting guide, we're all going to need um, sales letters. You can use this time and time and time and time again. That's kevinpolly.com forward slash AI copywriting. And I've got a discount coupon for that for listeners of this podcast. That's I-M-N-A-I copy all together. And you'll get $30 off the cost of that as well. Nice. Thank you so much, Kevin. Really appreciate the discounts. Also, really appreciate your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, And we wish you all the very best with your V2 movement. Thank you. It's been great being here. Everybody, enjoy business. Don't let it get you down. Make smart choices. And I hope that you'll get my software as well. Thanks for having me.